0: Fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bulls HQ Podcast. Hope you're all traveling well. It's the off-season, it's the quiet season for the Bulls. There's not a whole heap going on at the moment, so I thought I'd reach out to, to you guys and ask for some questions for a, a bit of a mailbag-style podcast. So I've received a few questions, so my plan is to go through those questions, give you my answers, give you my opinions, and let you know what I think. Um, I'm going to try something different today. I usually have a guest with me, but um I've decided to do a solo pod. I'm going to give it a go. I remember running a poll on Twitter probably about a month ago asking if people would be cool with podcasts that are solo podcasts or if they preferred them with guests. The the poll was literally split 50-50, so I'm a pretty indecisive person, so that didn't really help me out. So um what I thought I'd do is I'd try doing a solo pod with this Mailbag style Typically, I will have a guest on, but um, I thought I'll give this a go. happy for you to send th- send me through some feedback on how you think that went, whether I should do more of it, less of it, never do it again, whatever your opinion is, just let me know, but um, we'll give it a go so um uh, but yeah, I thought it would be a solo pod would probably be conducive to conducive to these uh mailbag styles of podcasts, so what I'm going to do is I've received a few questions, I'm just going to go through them as I sort of receive them. So um, shout out to all the, all the people that sent through questions um, and I really appreciate that. It makes my life a little easier in terms of coming up with some topics of, of things to discuss when it comes to Bulls basketball. So as you can imagine, given that the Bulls are in the off-season, the majority of these questions are centered around the, the off-season itself, be it the draft, be it trades, free agency, those sorts of things. So, a lot of the questions will have those sorts of themes. So, obviously, happy to go through that and um, give you my opinion on how things stand as, as, of, as of this point in, in, in May. Obviously, a lot of this could change from uh, until we get to the draft, until we get to the offseason, uh, the official offseason, I guess. But uh, the first question comes from G Man. So, at G Man 215. So, he asks Does Garpax have the guts to trade Jimmy, signaling a change in philosophy? Well, I mean, if we're to take their word on it, I think they are prepared to trade Butler. So, if if we read into their words, particularly at the the season ending press conference, um, I think they're definitely going to be exploring the idea of trading Jimmy Butler. Um, John Paxson made it pretty clear that they're not going to trade Jimmy just for the sake of trading Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, does that necessarily mean they have the, the guts to trade Butler? I think they do, but what they're really waiting for is a team to wow them. They're pretty much waiting for a team like Boston to come to them and say, Bulls, um, yeah, we'll give you the first overall pick in this draft, which is likely to be Markel Fultz. We'll give you that, maybe a couple other pieces as well, and you give us Jimmy Butler so we can get closer to beating, beating LeBron and the Cavs and then potentially the Warriors. So that's what the Bulls are waiting for. They're waiting for that home run trade to come through for Butler. I don't think they're necessarily the ones going out there and sourcing trades for Butler. Um, I don't think they're doing that. I think they're waiting to be wowed, as I mentioned before. Don't think that's going to happen, to be honest with you. I don't think, now that the the result of the the lottery has been settled, I don't think Boston are a team that are going to offer a their first round pick, which is the first pick in the draft, they're not going to offer that for Jimmy Butler. So I think we can tick off the Celtics as a team that potentially would be interested in Butler. After that, you got the Lakers. If they trade their pick, it's purely going to be a trade for Paul George. They're not going to do it for Jimmy Butler. Philadelphia, I mean, potentially... Maybe if they can land Kyle Kyle Larry in a free agency, potentially they may be up for trading whoever they select at number three and a few other pieces for Jimmy Butler. But again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put um, I wouldn't put money on that. And then you start getting into picks four and five, and even though there may be teams there that may be willing to deal for Butler, so Phoenix have pick four, the the Kings have pick five. Are you really going to trade pick four or five for Jimmy Butler? I don't think it's worth it to do that. So. Um, And to John Paxson's point, they're not going to make a deal unless, you know, they they receive something significant back for Jimmy Butler, which I don't think pick four or five is. So, do they have the guts to trade Jimmy? I think they do. Are they going to receive a package that entices them to make such a move? I don't think so. So, I think you, I think we'll see Jimmy Butler back with with the Bulls next season. So, G G Man also had a second part of his question. Uh, Would Wade Bolt? I don't think so I don't think so particularly if the Bulls hang on to Jimmy Butler he's probably the main reason aside from the 23.8 million dollars that he's standing to make uh, next season Jimmy Butler is the real reason that that Wayne Wade will stay in terms of playing personnel if you remove Jimmy from the equation then then yeah maybe maybe Wade hangs around just to cash that big check but if if Butler stays then Wade will stay as well so I, I To answer your question, will Wade bolt? I I doubt it. I'm pretty sure he's coming back. He's going to opt in. So he's got until the end of June to do so. So we'll probably know at the end of the June whether Wade stays or whether he's going to go hit the market. But um, I think I'm pretty confident in saying that uh, both Butler and Wade will be bulls next season. So uh, we'll see how that goes, though. You never know. Okay. So thanks for that question, G-Man. Next one is from Patrick. So at O'MalleyRick8 on Twitter there. So Patrick asks, your reaction to Stefan Ngo's raucous East approach and your ideal replacements for Garpak? So uh, to Patrick's point, my my friend on Twitter, Bulls friend, um, I'm sure if you guys are following me, you're probably already following Stefan. He's, he's an accomplished writer over at The Athletic. Does a great job covering the Bulls. He wrote an article a few weeks back posing the idea that the Bulls should really take an approach similar to what the Rockets have done in terms of how to build around Jimmy Butler um, and, and applying that same methodology that they put forward with James Harden surrounding him with shooters, letting him dominate the ball and having the Bulls or the or the Rockets in this instance running a lot of pick and roll, having James Harden be that, that ball handler, effectively acting as the point guard and then spacing the floor around Harden with shooters and, and a roll man that can get to the rim like Clinton Butler does for the Houston Rockets. Pretty much his, his idea was taking that approach and applying it to the Bulls, which completely makes sense. If you're gonna keep Jimmy Butler, the best way to build around him is to build a team that fits his fits his playing style and, and as Jimmy as Jimmy plays is very similar to Harden in the sense that he wants to operate in the pick and roll, he wants to dominate the ball um, he's going to be the guy that wants to score first and and will look to pass off that off, off that second. Now, the best way to get Jimmy Butler efficient, efficient points is obviously to space the floor for him to get to the rack and to get to the rim as easy as possible, just like the Rockets have done with James Harden. So I think it's a good approach. It's definitely the approach the Bulls need to take if they're keeping Butler, but that may be out of their hands. And, and what I mean by that is, If Dwayne Wade comes back, if he opts into his deal, so he has a player option, it's not a team option, if he opts into that deal, that makes it quite difficult for the Bulls to come up with enough cap space in order to potentially go out and source some shooters. The Bulls have also indicated that they're pretty keen on bringing back Rajan Rondo as well. If that's the case, you can add his $13 million to the cap sheet as well. So if Rondo is back, if Wade is back, that makes it a bit difficult in terms of filling out the roster with guys that can shoot, particularly guys that can start with Jimmy Butler that can shoot. So I don't think it's, that's likely to happen. So in terms of the Rockets approach, I think it's a, it's the right approach. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. I think the Bulls are going to pretty much run back the same thing, um, unfortunately. So that that's my guess there. So the second part of Patrick's question was ideal Gar Pax replacements. So this is another thing that um, Stefan as well as Will Gottlieb and I believe Stefan's brother as well, Michael, they, they recorded a podcast on The Athletic sort of going through some ideal replacements for Gar packs. So, I mean, there, there are some good candidates out there, some some good younger candidates that uh, have more of an anal- analytics focus. So uh, the first name that comes to my mind and it's the first name that's always mentioned by Bulls fans is Sam Hinky. There's no way in hell that um the Rhins the Ryan's would hire Sam hinkey, but if you think about that that type of guy, I think that's the the type of uh, replacement that you'd like to see for Garpak. Someone that's younger, someone that's better with the cap, someone that's more analytics focused, then has more of a, a fresh approach approach to things. So I'm not too sure what's happening with Wes Wilcox and the Atlanta Hawks, but he could be a potential option. Uh, Matt Lloyd, who used to work for the Bulls, has gone to the Orlando Magic, is an assistant GM, got promoted to the general manager as an interim at the moment, given that they replaced their GM or effectively told their GM to get out. So Matt Lloyd is another option that I'll be looking at. He fits in that same mold, very analytical driven. He's a a younger guy, would have a fresh approach. So Matt Lloyd would be interesting. Uh, Mike Zarin, who is the Boston uh, assistant general manager, so I think he would be another, he would be, he'd probably be the best option to be honest with you. He's probably the most highly uh, sought after assistant GM for, for sure. And, and he's probably the most sought, sought after guy to be the next GM of of, uh, of another team. So he he's definitely an option as well. Whether he would leave the Celtics to join the Bulls, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if he's really... You know what his motives are, whether he wants to have that general manager position, and if he does, does he want to take over a team like the Bulls? Who knows, but they are some potential replacements that I would be high on. Not really interested in entertaining a former player that has no experience. Definitely not interested in uh, entertaining an old coach. What I mean by that is I would not want a guy like Phil Jackson necessarily running my organization, so what I think the Bulls need to do, if they do replace Garpacks, which is not going to happen, but let's just pretend it did. What what we what we'd need to see there is a younger guy, a fresher, a, a younger guy with analytic approach that has a fresh outlook on things that's ready to change up the entire organization structure. So that's what we need to see. But again, doubt doubt that's going to happen. So yeah, no point really, no point really wishing for it. I guess it's uh, it's just frustration. Okay, next question. So this one comes from my mate on Twitter. So Felipe Hayes. and I know I've stuffed his name up because I've uh, Felipe has sent through a question back in the Dennis Podman days, and I stuffed up his name, his last name. Then, and I'm pretty sure I've done it again, but you know, I tried my best, Felipe. I'm sure, I'm sure you can appreciate that. So Felipe asks, more likely, um, one, Garpax are geniuses, and we are all wrong. <laughs> or two, team remains team remains mediocre for ten plus years, profits falls and Jerry, Jerry sells. <laughs> um, more likely, Jesus. Well, I, I I don't know if the team's gonna remain mediocre for ten years and. And the reason I say that is because I don't necessarily know if they're going to have the pieces to remain mediocre for 10 years. At some point, Jimmy Butler will fall off. Maybe that will happen within the next five years. So he's pretty much the team at the moment. So unless they are really ready to get some reinforcements around Jimmy, um, the team will fall off at some point. So they won't remain mediocre. So maybe that's more likely to happen. I don't know if profits are going to fall enough to the point where Jerry sells. So that's probably not likely. But at the same time, Garpaks are definitely not geniuses. And I don't know if we're necessarily all wrong. So you've given me a question here, Felipe, that I don't think either option is really likely at all. So I'm not really sure how to answer this question other than say I don't think Garpaks are geniuses. I think we're probably mostly all right. I think I'm confident in saying that. I think at some point the team is going to move from mediocre to being poor. They'll have to rebuild it at some point. No matter how uh, how often they or how how much they're trying to put put that off, they're definitely gonna have to rebuild at some point. But I don't see Jerry selling this thing. Once he goes, I think Michael will just naturally take over, and and the Reinsdorf will, Reinsdorfs will continue to reign over the Chicago Bulls franchise. So I don't see them necessarily selling. So yeah, hope, hopefully that answers your question. Your question. It's probably uh, probably not the answer you want to necessarily hear, but. Uh, yeah, that's my take on that one. Next question comes from at Coldstone De King. So he's asked me this question on Twitter. What would your first priority in the off-season be? How would you clear the cap sheet for 2018? And you bring back both uh, Nicola Miricic and Cristiano Felicio. So what would my first priority in the off-season be? Well, my first priority was would be trying to trade Jimmy Butler for that first, for that Boston first pick. Again, that's probably not going to be happening. So that would be my first approach. Give it a go. If they say no, okay, fine. Um, but that's what I would be doing. They're out. If we can't trade the can't trade Butler for that first pick, then I'm of, I'm of the opinion that you know have a look for other. Trades for for Jimmy Butler. I, th- I do believe that it's time to rebuild. But having said that, I don't necessarily want to trade Butler just for the sake of doing it. If there isn't a suitable trade partner out there, then run run the team back to an extent. Bring Jimmy back and try to implement a Rockets East. If we're going to refer back to the previous questions, um, and, and do something similar to what Stefan mentioned, and try to build Jimmy, uh, pr- try to build around Jimmy with a team that makes sense. Um, so that would be my fallback priority so even though I want to trade Butler I don't necessarily mind the idea of also building around him that's not the worst case scenario I guess it's it's, you're going to remain a competitive team if you do so now the issue with that is obviously as I mentioned before that you don't really have control over Dwayne Wade's contract and that's quite a huge contract so 23.8 million dollars for next season so my my priority would be trying to coerce him to opt out of that deal if I can. I don't know how you do that. Maybe you threaten to trade Jimmy Butler, and maybe maybe Wade just thinks, nah, I don't want to be part of this team next year. Um, if you don't trade Jimmy Butler, you can't really use the excuse that oh, we we rebuilding. You know um, that doesn't really fly. Maybe you try telling Wade, oh, we're going to bring you off the bench next season. Do you want to? If do you want to do that? If not, maybe you're best served. Um, exploring options with other teams who knows but at the end of the day Dwayne Wade has complete control if he wants to opt into that 23.8 million dollars then he will um, which and I think he will so that's gonna that's gonna be difficult in terms of what in terms of how you can shape your offseason okay so that that, that's something that we need to meet to make clear because in a large part the Bulls offseason is going to be shaped by whatever Dwayne Wade decides to do um, how I would clear the cap sheet for 2018, well, I mean, as the Bulls keep telling us, they didn't sign any bad long-term contracts in 2016 off-season when other teams were doing so. They obviously gave Dwayne Wade a two-year deal. They gave R- uh, Rondo a two-year deal. Um, those guys will naturally come off the books in 2018, so there's not really much you can do there. That's essentially $40 million of cap space that you can earn just by letting those guys you know, play out their last game the final year of the deal and then pretty much telling them you know thanks but no thanks we're not going to be re-signing you again that would be the easiest way to clear the 2018 cap sheet but then you've also got to make assessments on guys like Cameron Payne, Jerry and Grant, Bobby Portis I mean are these guys you want to keep around if so obviously they're on cheap contracts so so that makes sense but if you don't necessarily see them as part of the future you could deal them on You, you wouldn't really be creating a whole ton of cap space. So it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense if they are providing some production to trade them away. So really the the best way to create cap space in 2018 is just saying to Dwayne Wade and Rondo, you know, we're not going to be bringing you back. The only other real substantial material way to do so is to also get rid of Robin Lopez. So he'll have over $14 million in, in 2018 that the Bulls will owe him. Can you find a destination for Robin Lopez. I'm not too sure about that. He is a good player on a good contract, but the issue is that there are a lot of centers in the NBA. And with with the, the NBA moving to smaller lineups, do teams necessarily want to trade for a guy like Robin Lopez, a big lumbering center who has value, but isn't necessarily going to be playing more than 25, 26 minutes a night? And He's getting up in age. He'll be 29 soon. Um, do you want to be paying that sort of money for a guy who's probably going to be a backup in 2018? You probably won't find a team willing to do so. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. You may, you may be able to get get off Robin Lopez uh, last year of his contract, but you're not going to get anything substantial in return. I'd be surprised if he got anything more than a second round pick. Just, just purely purely based on the way the league has moved. And the fact that teams don't necessarily want to be training for centers at this point, so there's not a whole heap the Bulls need to do in order to create cap space for 2018. The problem is though, they're not really going to have a whole heap of cap space necessarily to sign two or three guys, which the Bulls will need to put with uh, which the Bulls will need to put next to Jimmy Butler. Um, so that's that's going to be the problem there. Now to the final part of your question: Do you, do we bring back both Miritich and Felicio? I think you do. I think you try to do so, but but you do so with uh, with a number in mind. You you go to the both guys and say, "This is what we're budgeting for each of you. Are you happy with that? If they're not, let them explore the market." Uh, Mirror teachers are restricted free agents, so you have more control with him. Felicio is unrestricted, I believe, but it, uh, the the arenas rule will apply to to Felicio, meaning the Bulls still have the leverage there to to bring him back, but at the same time. Um, do you want to necessarily be paying big dollars for a backup center? Do you want to be paying more than starter starter value for a guy like Miritich who may not necessarily be a starter? I think it's up in the air as, as to whether Miritich is a starter or whether he's a backup. Anything more than $15 million is more than starter money. That's a number I'm probably not comfortable spending on Miritich anything more than six to seven million for a guy like Felicia, I probably wouldn't want to pay either. So um, they're, they're my numbers personally for those guys. I think you need to bring them back if you're building around Jimmy Butler because the the, the alternative is you only have um, a few million dollars in cap space. So my most recent cap sheet that I've looked at, which includes pretty much just getting rid of Carter Williams, Laverne and Anthony Morrow, Um, as well as having Wade opt in and Rondo and uh, Isaiah Cannon being brought back, the Bulls will only have about 6 million in cap space. Now if you remove Miritich and Felicio from that that number quickly becomes 18 million, but 18 million isn't a lot of money to, to find a starting power forward as well as a backup center, as well as a backup point guard and maybe even a wing as well, so it's not a lot of money to be spending. So if you're retaining Butler, you need to, I think, as, as well, retain Miritich as well as Felicio, but you do so you do so responsibly by paying an amount that makes sense. Okay, so thanks for that question. Next question comes from my mate, Sharon Mitchell Jr. So, at Sharon ILJP on Twitter. So, Mitch is the co-host of The Bull Show, so that's where you would know Mitch from. But um, Mitch asks, if the Bulls somehow rid themselves of Wade and Rondo... What would the plan? What would your plan be this off season? So, if you get rid of Wade and Rondo, you pretty much free up roughly forty million dollars in cap space. It's a little bit less than that, but that's what you would effectively create. Now, if you do so, you pretty much need you need to go out there and sign yourself a point guard and a, and a shooting guard because there is no one on the bench that's ready to step up to fill those roles. So we saw in the playoffs how bad. Jerry and Grant and Michael Carter Williams looked. I'm not high on Cameron Payne at all. I think he's going to be at best a backup point guard. So if Wade and, and Rondo are to go, then you still need to find their replacements and you'll have effectively $50 million to do so. Um, if they leave, players that I'm interested in, uh, in terms of point guards, it's wearing my Patriotic hat, uh, Patty Mills is definitely someone I'd be looking at. I'm not too sure if he would leave San Antonio. I'm sure they're going to offer him a good contract. At the same time, I think Paddy Mills would make a lot of sense for a team like Philadelphia. So they may be outpricing the Bulls in terms of what we'd be willing to pay versus what they can pay. So obviously with Brett Brown, Brett Brown as coach, he was previously the uh, the head coach of the Australian, the Australian basketball team and, and with Ben Simmons there as well. Um, Paddy Mills fit there makes sense um, so he we may be outbidded by the Sixers but he is definitely a guy I would look at above him you've got guys like Drew Holiday George Hill and Jeff Teague I think they're good fallback positions as well they may be a bit pricey a bit too costly particularly Hill and Holiday um, but depending on what their market is I would also be entertaining those guys and, and, and thinking about bringing them in at least to potentially offering those guys uh, a contract. But thereafter, the point guard market falls off pretty quickly. I'm obviously obviously omitting names like Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul because there's just not going to be... I don't think there's going to be enough cap space for them to... Well, there will be technically enough cap space to sign them, but I don't think they're going to come to a team that's not going to have Dwayne Wade on it. They're not going to join just Jimmy Butler and Robin Lopez and maybe Miritich. They're not leaving their current teams to do that, so I, I wouldn't even consider those guys. Um, so there's not a whole, a whole heap of point guard options, but those names that are listed would be the ones that I'd be targeting. Obviously in the draft as well, there's there's potential point guard options that Bulls can explore there, but you would want to get an experienced player in at at, um, at point guard. If Wade were to leave, um, the name that I'm really really interested in is JJ Redick. The the shooting guard market is really bad in in uh in this upcoming offseason. So i I would definitely be looking at JJ Redick. He is old, he's a bit old, 32 years old. He's looking probably gonna be looking for a nice payday, probably something north of fifteen million dollars over three to four years. So that may be a bit pricey, considering he he's getting on in age and he's predominantly just a shooter. Um, he does play good defense, however, but um, that would probably be pricey if you could get JJ for a number closer to 12. I think that would be an interesting product, uh, prospect, but after that, the, the shooting guard market isn't really good. Um, you've got Contavious Coldwell-Pope. He, he's he's going to stay at Detroit. Uh, he'll probably get a max offer, and that will match. He's a restricted free agent. Dion Waiters... <laughs> Look, Dion had a good year with Miami, but he's not necessarily a player that I would want to be adding, unless you can get him cheap again. Uh, maybe, maybe his market's still dry. So he obviously signed a small, small deal with Miami. Maybe teams are still out on Dion, and you can get him for a, a decent amount. Maybe, maybe in that case. But I wouldn't want to be paying him eight figures. Uh, former Bull Kyle Korver. Maybe you can explore explore that again. He would be, he would be perfect next to Jimmy Butler, but but again, Kyle's getting on in age. He's uh in his mid thirties and closer to closer to retirement than his prime years. So Kyle's someone definitely I would, I would I would hope being the uh the Bulls would be exploring, but potentially uh, the fit may not be great. And you know if if the Cavs get to the finals again, which they're most likely going to, not necessarily sure that. Uh, Kyle would want to come back to the Bulls in that case. He probably wants to win a title at this point in his career. After Corb, you get to names like Andre Robertson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jonathan Simmons, Tony Allen, Tyreek Evans, these sorts of names. I mean, Jonathan Simmons, he's he's definitely someone I would I would I would like the Bulls to take a look at. Another Spurs. So if the Bulls could come away with two Spurs and and start Jimmy uh, start Jonathan Simmons and Patrick Mills next to Jimmy Butler that would be kind of cool but um I, again I I don't I, I don't think Jonathan Simmons will be an option he's probably retained by the Spurs so there's there's not a whole lot of good options there i think the cheaper options like Tarbo Sefalosha, another former ball he may be an option Ben McLemore and Justin Holiday guys that potentially could be shooters um there's still potential left in both of those guys cheaper options that i think the bulls could explore so that that would be interesting prospects as well as maybe someone like ian clark as well on the warriors he could uh he, he could be nice to jimmy butler he can spot up play a bit of point guard play a bit of shooting guard he can hit the three and, and doesn't necessarily dominate the ball so he would fit next to jimmy butler well if we if we start thinking about that rockets approach as well so um look, those names that I listed aren't necessarily game changers. They're good role players. I wouldn't want to be signing them to long term deals on big dollars. There they'd be players that I would want to sort of fit in for uh two years maybe, something of that nature. But again, it, it really depends on what the market dictates as well as what Dwayne Wade decides to do. But um the best option may be the best option for the Bulls may be, you know, it may not sound like it now, but Maybe in hindsight in a few years' time, the best option may be for the Bulls for Wade to opt in, maybe sign a shooter from the bench, and then take that cap space in twenty eighteen and try to find that shooting guard solution and then uh, because the names in, in the twenty seventeen offseason aren't really aren't necessarily ones to write home about and I wouldn't want to be investing big dollars into them unless they're they're reasonable value contracts. So yeah, if if Wade and Rondo are to leave you try to replace them as best you can with guys that fit next to Butler perfectly. Shooters, guys don't necessarily want to dominate the ball, uh, and, and guys like Reddick and Patrick Mills don't necessarily do that. They play good defense as well. Come from good systems. They guys I would like to see as Bulls, but um, how feasible that is, I'm not too sure. Uh, next question comes from at handle me tweets. Um, his question is: Will it really take not selling out the arena to actually achieve? Hashtag fire Garpax. <laughs> um, probably, I guess that's probably the only way that it's going to happen. I think the most likely way that Garpax leave the organization is not necessarily from them being fired, but them just saying I've had enough and they resign and they want to go do some some other things. So obviously uh, Paxson was close to doing that in the past and, and Reinsdorf convinced him to stay on and just changed his title, changed his position um so i think the most likely way that these guys leave the organization is by their their own volition whenever they please to whenever they choose to do so i don't think they're going to be fired i'm not necessarily sure as well if it's in the dna of the chicago sports fans to to stop selling out the arena so i don't necessarily know if that's something that's feasible as well so maybe Maybe if the team continues to hover around thirty eight to forty one wins somewhere around there and they, they remain mediocre and either just miss the playoffs or get in and get get dominated in, as an eighth seed, whatever it may be, maybe then team uh fans start switching off from the team and starts moving away and you know, not necessarily giving their business to the organization. Maybe then it will happen, but I wouldn't be betting on it, to be honest with you. Um I think they've got lifetime deals. Um, unless they they unless they choose to walk away, uh, I don't think it'll be something that happens at the hands of the Reinsdorfs at all. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't be banking on the hashtag fire guard packs to actually to actually foster an actual change there in the front office. I, I wouldn't be betting on that, but maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Next question. Final question T- from T Twenty Three at Tom Naka. Uh, on twitter i hope i've pronounced that last name correctly if i haven't then uh forgive me but um tom's question is if we stay at six at uh, 16 so pick 16 uh, potential draft choices include ferguson mitchell collins diallo allen and a few more who do you like yeah it's an interesting one to be perfectly honest with you i I don't really like a ton of those guys. I'm not really high on who the Bulls can draft at pick 16, purely because I think this draft, whilst it's strong, I think it's strong in the top 10 to 12. Um, thereafter, I'm not necessarily keen on the draft itself. It, I think it begins to fade away. That's just obviously my opinion. But um, if the Bulls had a pick 9, as an example, I would be more confident and, and more, more happy about where they would be placed. Um, However, they're obviously picking at 16 and and none of the names really at 16 do much for me. Of the names you listed, probably Donovan Mitchell is probably my uh, preferred option. I think he he makes sense next to Jimmy Butler. He's a very good athlete. I think his, his wingspan, and his length is something that you can work with defensively. I think his shooting is something that can be improved on. I think he can play a bit of both guard spots as well, play on the wing as well. I like his versatility as a starter as well as a bench player. So of the names you listed there, he would probably be my option. I don't necessarily know if the Bulls should be drafting a for position. Um, so I don't know if they should be looking at big men. I'm hoping they're not looking at big men. Uh, but realistically, the Bulls should be taking best player available. Um, and of those names you listed there, Mitchell is the one um, that, that interests me the most. But really, I mean, we we can list out all these players and I've made this joke a few times and I'll probably continue to make this joke, but I think the names that we need to concern ourselves with are Justin Jackson and Luke Kennard. Those two guys, they're they're prototypical Bulls guys. Um, And to be honest with you, they're they're slated to go in that mid-first round, anywhere between, say, 14 to 18. I think you're going to see Justin Jackson and Luke Kennard be drafted. Both players come from big programs both in terms of uh, age they're not necessarily uh freshmen so obviously justin jackson is a junior canard is a sofa more they're not necessarily killer athletes they're guys that project as good shooters <laughs> they can as i mentioned before they come from big uh, big programs they look to be guys that would be good professionals, not necessarily going to, to be problematic in terms of their personality and these sorts of things. So they are your prototypical Bulls picks. They're not uh, obviously North Carolina and Duke. The Bulls don't have any affiliation with them in terms of the same way they do with a, a, you know New Mexico or an Iowa State or something like that. But um, if you think back on the type of player John Paxson gets, or tries to get, he wants to get that sound, fundamentally sound type of player that will will play on both ends, do everything well, and comes from a big program, and both Justin Jackson and Luke Kennard do do exactly that. Now, I'm very hopeful that the Bulls take neither at 16, but if I'm being facetious, and if I'm being pessimistic, that's what I assume the Bulls will do, because it just seems very Bullsy. So, um, we can talk about guys like John Collins, we can talk about Uh, Donovan Mitchell, even a guy like Zach Collins maybe, but realistically, are those guys, if they're on the table, are they going to be picked by the Bulls or are they more likely to go with someone like Justin Jackson who comes from North Carolina, he's a wing that can shoot, can play, can play some defense, has a long wingspan, uh, projects to be a decent wing and and that's, that's what the Bulls need. Yeah, I'd be leaning towards Justin Jackson. As much as that would pay me, um, he's a 22-year-old. That's where I'd be leading with with that one on that one. I wouldn't be expecting a non-typical Bulls pick in that range with pick 16. But you never know. They may surprise me. They may, they may go for a freshman. They don't usually draft freshmen, but um, they may do so. So who knows? But uh, I wouldn't be banking on it. All right, that just about does it in terms of all the questions that I received. So, appreciate everyone sending them through. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, that definitely makes my life easier. And, uh, yeah, thank you to all the questions. So, um, appreciate that. Hopefully having another episode of Bulls HQ coming to you shortly. I'm planning to get one up with another guest in the coming days. So, if you didn't like this solo pod, let me know. Again, I want to hear about it. Uh, yeah, if you if you're more inclined to be listening to podcasts with guests, um, I've got another one coming in the coming days, and I'll, I'm pretty sure that will be a fun one. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. I won't spoil it too much, but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun, long, in-depth Bulls conversation to um, to hopefully fill your need during the off season. So uh, look out for that, and um, yeah, I'll talk to you all soon.